to all your doubts and fears. Tell me, when you are needing someone to wipe away your tears, yes, he can say, come on, say, God can do more than you could ever ask or think. He holds all power in his mighty hand. This is Peace for a Broken World with Apostle I.D. Lawan. The Full Stature Missions International boldly present the dynamic proclamation of the release of the kingdom now and the declaration of the rule of God in the earth today through Jesus Christ. Digest this Holy Spirit anointed word from God. Now here is Apostle I.D. Lawan. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you and bless your name. Thank you for your faithfulness to us always. And thank you because you are faithful to the young and the old. You are faithful to sisters and brothers. Uh, you are faithful to all of us. Blessed be your name in Jesus' name. Second Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. I want to read in verse 19, 2 Kings chapter 2, in verse 19. And uh, my exhortation is based on, can God find a cry for restoration? Can God find a cry for restoration? Can God find a cry for restoration? In verse number 19, the Bible says, and the, and the men of that city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein, and they brought it unto him. And he went forth to the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall no more from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. This passage talks about restoration. This passage talks about the fact that what is bad can become good. What is a bad situation can become a good situation. What is observed not to be in good order can come back to good order. And what is realized to be something that is decaying or barren can become fruitful again. But I want you to see here that this restoration or revival that happened in this city uh, can also happen in individual lives. It can happen to a city. It can happen to our congregations. It can happen to nations. It can happen to anyone if we are ready to just do what the word of God is saying. I want you to remember that Elisha had just received a double portion from Elijah. And he came to this place particularly. And then they presented a problem that they said the city had. And it's very, very important for us to take notice of what they are saying. Because sometimes when we read the scriptures... 
uh, sometimes we don't understand it or put ourselves in the situation or apply what we are reading to our own nation or to our own city or to our own congregation or to us personally. But the word of God says here that the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold, the situation of this city is pleasant. It's pleasant. At my Lord see it. But the water there is not and the ground barren. <laughs> now those two things look very contradictory. They said the place is pleasant. But then the water is bad because not means in mathematics zero. So they said the water is not. The water is bad. And the ground is barren. Of course, if the water is bad, the ground has to be barren. Because if the water is bad, then the trees cannot be watered. Then the ground cannot be watered. And that's the situation. So the situation was pleasant, right? And the people were saying, because the place is pleasant. So there is no reason for barrenness. There is no reason for lack of progress in this city. And there is no reason for them remaining poor or remaining dry. There was no reason at all. And I noticed that in many lives, in many cities, in our nation, and in many areas of our congregations and our personal lives, sometimes things look very pleasant and things look very nice. But then we just find out that things are barren and things are not. And things are not going the way we expect that things should go. And that's exactly what these people are saying. That there is no reason for barrenness. In other words, on the outside, when we look at things, they are nice. When we look there at things, there is no reason for fruitlessness. Alright? There is no reason for it at all. When we look at it, we say there is no reason for fruitlessness in righteousness. When we look at things, we say, well, the situation is quiet on the outside. But rather, but really, in the inside, the situation is not the same. And so you and I will immediately see, in verse 19, a contradiction of issues. My Lord, you see our situation, that the place is pleasant. I mean, is this city not pleasant? Is this country not pleasant? I mean, like somebody just said, you go to Lagos, she expects that every house in Lagos is a skyscraper, and every house is a marble. <laughs> we were coming uh, somewhere from the house, and we got to a particular house, and I had a stranger with me, and I said, look at this house. I said, this house, I had once entered the house to preach to the owner. I said, he's one of the richest people in this city. And the day I entered this house, he was looking at my legs. He was looking curiously at my legs. So I was wondering why the man was, because when he welcomed us in, there were two of us that went there. But I was the first that entered. And so when he shook my hands and I entered, he was looking at my legs. And so I was wondering why he was looking at my legs. But I didn't realize it then because maybe I've never gone to the house like that before. Because his house was these six inches thick rugs. And so he was wondering why I was wearing my shoe to enter his house. That's what I realized later. As I was passing by the house, total marble house, the house is empty. The man is dead. And... There is nobody. In fact, I don't think his people are able to manage the house. So they have to sell it. So the situation of the house is pleasant. But internally, something is a contradiction. Something is not working well. 
So there is no reason in this city why things should look this way. But unfortunately, they said the water is not and the ground is barren. And so we are grateful today in our own nation that we don't have the kind of laws that guard and guide many other nations. Look at what is going on all around us. And we will think about the recklessness that is going on. You talk about the promiscuity that is going on. You think about the corruption that is going on. You think about the society and all those things that are going on. But thank God, with all this said, if you look at verse 19, it said, And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, behold, I pray thee. The situation of this city is pleasant. As my Lord said, then there is a big but, but, but the water is not and the ground barren. So you can see immediately that they recognize what is wrong. I think the biggest problem in a nation, the biggest problem in a life, the biggest problem in a home, the biggest problem in a congregation, the biggest problem in the church, the biggest problem anywhere we may go is the fact that the people do not recognize what is wrong with them. The School for Prophecy announced resumption of basic prophetic training duration 5 Saturdays 1 to 4 p.m. resumption date January 12, 2019 Venue Conference Center for the Nations 4. Parliament Highway by Federal INEC Office, opposite Oyo State House of Assembly, Secretariat Ibadan. Expected participants, born-again Christians, come and learn how God speaks and grow in the prophetic. For inquiries, contact 080-2821-9829 or 080-233-9638 or 080-33-9778. The Lord bless you as you come. Amen. They don't understand what is wrong and there is barrenness and there is fruitlessness and there is no progress. When you have not located the problem and then you want to cry out, what will you cry? You want to cry out, what exactly are you going to cry? In my situation, look at me, oh God. God said yes. What is it you want? Like Bartimaeus of old. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. And he said, okay, what do you want? Right? What do you want? And exactly what he wanted was in his mind. That I will see that I have my sight back. He wasn't looking for money. He said that my eyes will be opened. And Jesus said, okay, no problem. And the man got what he wanted. But when we don't recognize our problem, when we don't know what actually is wrong with us, there'll be a long time crying and we are not getting results. There'll be a long time wasting other people's time with great, great labor on us. Great labor. I mean, great labor. And yet the problem is not solved. Why? Because we have not really located what is really wrong. So, there is a need for a national revival in the church. There is a need for personal revival first. There is a need for personal revival. And when I say revival, I mean revival. You know, I had this revelation of going to Abuja 
And actually, I was going to Kaduna in the vision. And as I was going to Kaduna, I stopped by in Abuja. And as I stopped by, I saw a girl, and then I wanted to witness to her. Then three men rose up and challenged me. And they began to bring out venom out of their mouths. And I listened to them when they finished, and then I began to speak very strongly about the love of God. And when they got it, I then left immediately. Then I found myself in the south here. And then I saw that I was in a central bank. I knew it was a central bank. And then I saw that there were all these servants, civilians, all over the place, police, army, all of them were in the place. And as they were, you know, congregating together, I met them there, but they were sleeping. That was the thing that frightened me. How could you be in charge of this place, of this good place, and all of you are sleeping? So they were sleeping. And so I walked around, made some noise, but they were still sleeping. And so eventually some of them woke up, so I had a sense of relief. But they still did not notice I was around. Whether I was invisible to them, I don't know. But they were not uh, listening. Then suddenly I saw that the police and the army, they were caressing with women and just wasting time, not doing the duty they were there to do. Then eventually they heard that there was danger one particular point. So all of them, police, army, they ran and they rushed there to go and attend to the problem. It was then suddenly I began to wail, I mean real wail, real cry. And as I was going, I was going towards my old house where I used to live. And I was crying and weeping and calling every believer I met to wake up because it looked to me that all of them were under a stupor. It looked like all of them were under witchcraft. It looked like all of them were not even aware of what was going on. And I tried to ask them, why don't you wake up for revival? Because there is anger from the north. There is all manner of sleeping in the south with all manner of churches that they have all the kind of congregations that they have. But unfortunately, all of them were sleeping. And of course, all the people were doing uh, their things as they normally do. And when I read this passage again this morning, it made a lot of sense. When it said in verse 19, and it said the man and the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant. As my Lord see it, but the water is not and the ground barren. And this leads me to say that I must look inside myself. Why all this barrenness? You must look inside yourself. Why all this barrenness? We must look at our nation. Why all this barrenness? In the midst of plenty, why all this barrenness? In the midst of all the grace that God has given a nation, why all this barrenness? Why all this killing? Why all this bloodshed? Why all these matters that are happening? Something is wrong. And that is why in many churches, you have a lot of nominalism. You have a lot of impotency. People are important. Why would somebody not be able to witness anymore? That maybe 20 years ago, you used to hear people talk about Jesus everywhere. And they are bold to talk about it. But now, every mouth is silent. What baffled me was people were in charge of a bank. And they were sleeping. And to me, that was the church. It wasn't the natural army. It wasn't the natural people. It wasn't the natural people that were there. 
It wasn't the natural place. But it looks like the church is so interested in money, interested in the things they will eat and the things they will drink. They have no more knowledge and no more zeal to know God as God. And today, how many people attend Bible study where you really know God? Where you really know who God is? Where you really know why you serve God. But people drag to Miracle Center, Breakthrough Center, a feast of a Tabernacle Center. They go to all manner of feasts. And a lot of us have developed the language of apostolic and revival. Apostolic or prophetic, like we say these days. But brothers and sisters, let's face the fact. Do we have revival? Do we have revival? Do we have a ground-shaking revival? In those days, when they saw you, they said you are SU. Everybody knew who was an SU. In his place of work, they know SU. In the bank, they know SU. Everywhere they know SU. Now we change it around. We say that's no longer good. Eh? Let's modernize it. Now you have modernized it. And now your church is empty. You are preaching. But nobody responds. You are preaching. There's no new convert. Look inside us. Look into our lives. Where is the challenge? And we will be ready to acknowledge that challenge. Where is the challenge? So that we acknowledge, we know what the challenge is. Those who know where the problems are, and then you hide the problem, you can't go far. Praise God. That's why they say, behold, look at, look at us. Behold, look at our situation. Behold, look at where we are. Behold, this is our case. So, Elisha, please help us. And of course, the man was willing to help. And this is what I like about God. And I'll still talk about it later. The Bible said, they that call upon the name of the Lord, it said they will not be disappointed. And so that's it. If we confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1. Now, so we understand that if we hide from God, then we will keep on laboring and laboring and laboring. If we don't acknowledge there is a fundamental problem, if we don't acknowledge there is a fundamental issue with us, then there's a problem going on. You know, when we were in school, you remember the kind of tricks we normally play on our guardian or our father or our mother when we were in secondary school or primary school. You know, we leave school, we go and play football. All right. And then we enjoy our legs. All right. And the leg is uh, bleeding. We have cut off some uh, a part of the leg and the thing is bleeding. Uh, maybe under the toenail and the thing is bleeding furiously. So we try to hide it. All right. So when we are going home, then we put sand or we put chalk, you know, and we put chalk, you know, we put chalk and we try to hide it from daddy and mommy. And then for the first day, it's pending also, but we hide it. And then the second day is swelling a little bit. Then we try to uh, hide it. And then we put uh, a shoe that can cover it. All right. Uh, then the third day, the thing has now bloated up. Then we walk specially so that mommy and daddy will not know that there is something wrong on the right leg. And while we are walking specially and walking specially, all right, uh, the thing is still paining us. Then we go inside and cry because the thing is paining us. Now, later, maybe eventually the thing is bloated and is really with pus. 
and is now oozing out. The mommy and daddy sees the matter. I, I said, what happened? Ah, well, then we tell a lie. Uh, what happened? Then it no longer can be hidden now. So they now have to treat it seriously. God forbid if gangrene entered. God forbid if you have some other kind of contamination that enters that leg. Already, already that leg, may, that toe may be cut off. And that's the problem of hiding. Praise God. That's the problem of hiding. Hiding what is wrong in the church. Most of us, when they invite us to churches these days, we preach what they want to hear. We preach what they want to hear. Even our own congregation, we preach what they want to hear. There are no more messages these days that convict the sinner, that convict the person that is listening. We only please ourselves or say where we have preached. All right? We have announced the word of God. So, at least your conscience is a pure. But what I'm talking about is if tetanus has entered that leg, it is not difficult to kill. So, as long as we allow ourselves to be hiding and we don't come out clear, then there must be a solution. For instance, we have to be ready, for instance, to point out the situation in our lives. We have to be ready to point out the situation in the church. We have to be ready. To, you know, some pastors are not even bold to point out the palaver in their own church. They are not bold. Maybe somebody is giving them money there. Maybe one member is giving them money. And they see a fault in that member. They will keep quiet. And they will never say it. They are so cowardly. Because of the money they will get, they will keep quiet. Somebody is misbehaving. They won't approach that person that you are misbehaving. They will shut down. And they will keep quiet. Because of the money they will get, they will not be able to talk. Maybe they want to buy a car. And it's not complete. And they're expecting money from that big member. And the person now is doing wrong. They won't talk. They will hide the problem. And then they get the money. And then they find out that the church is decaying. And then they go to God. Huh? I'm fasting. Oh God, I'm doing this. Oh God, I'm doing that. God said, yes, you are doing so. But you are not addressing the real issue. You have a foundational problem in cowardness. You have a foundational problem in being a coward to address the issues of wrongdoing in your church. So there is no fruit of righteousness in all that you are doing. Paul was able to speak to Peter's face and say, Peter, ah, what is the problem with you? We were here together. We are just eating. Barnabas, we are eating with the Gentiles. And you are here with us. Because of those that are coming from Jerusalem, you now separated yourself. That you are not part of us. Which kind of hypocrisy is that? This was another apostle rebuking another apostle. Because the Bible said he did not work well. But Paul did not spare him. Because he was the apostle to the Gentiles. And he didn't want the wrong example. That this apostle to the Jews was laying down right there. And so he had to point it out. Say, what's wrong with you? A lot of ladies, a lot of mothers in the Lord, a lot of preachers have lost the boldness and the wisdom to present the word of God. And the church is decaying. And the church is numb. And the church is sleeping. The School for Prophecy announced resumption of basic prophetic training Duration, 5 Saturdays, 1 to 4 p.m. Resumption date, January 12, 2019. Venue, Conference Center for the Nations. 4, Parliament Highway by Federal INEC Office, opposite Oyo State House of Assembly, Secretariat Ibadan. Expected participants, born-again Christians. 
Come and learn how God speaks and grow in the prophetic. For inquiries, contact 08028219829 or 08023339638 or 08033977822. The Lord bless you as you come. Amen. So we must be ready to point out the situation. Now they said the place was pleasant, but the water is bad. Before the Lord sees all things. Understand that. God knew that the water was bad. Didn't he know? Oh, this why. Didn't he know the water was bad? He knew the water was bad. He knew the condition of the case. And when people hide, God also pretends that he doesn't know it exists. Praise God. He also behaves as if he doesn't know. But his eyes, whether in the day or in the night, sees all things. Even before we ask, he sees all things. So if you decide to hide, that's your problem. But a man that recognizes his problem and says, this is me. I don't want to hide anymore. This is my trouble. I don't want to hide anymore. Then God begins to now see that this person is taking opportunity. Is using the opportunity presented for repentance. Presented for a change. Presented that he has given us in order to take it and use it. Because there is a need in my life. Once I acknowledge that, once I acknowledge that, when the church acknowledges that, just like we have said in this meeting, if we acknowledge the church has a need, my brother, all this problem we are talking about is no problem. But as long as we have merchants in the pupil, as long as we are businessmen who are covering up and parading themselves as reverend and apostle and prophet, but they are businessmen in the pupils, and they cannot talk directly because as they are talking, the people who know where they are hiding, uh, they are laughing. They are making jest of them. <laughs> Look at this man. <laughs> are we not business personal together? Don't we know what we do? This man has deceived all these thousands of people. And these people don't know. Praise God. It's like a preacher who is preaching like I'm doing now. And there is a lady in the congregation that is listening. Maybe several ladies. And they say, oh, don't mind him. You know, when we go out now, we know where we used to meet. We, need to, we know where we used to sleep together. You know, when it comes to that, and then the preacher is still howling and preaching, you'll find out that God is just watching for the opportunity to save him so that he might save himself. But if he does not recognize, he can labor like that for 20 years and nothing changes. God forbid in the name of Jesus Christ. But that is what is happening. It gives us opportunity in our life to still be able to tell him that, look, God, I am barren. The situation is not what I thought. The situation is not as I calculated. And the men of the city came to Elisha and they told him that, look, this is our condition. Many people where we go don't tell our condition. I think I was preaching the other day and I said the secret power of sin the secret power of sin is to make it quiet. Keep quiet about it. Don't talk about it. Keep quiet about it. Don't talk about it. A husband and wife will be fighting in the car. Before they get to service, they'll be fighting, arguing in the car. Before they get to service, when they park in the car park, it's air conditioned. Everybody now will matter close for now. And then they go inside. Then they hear the word of God. And then the two of them are back in the car. Uh -huh. They say, well, as I was saying, as I was saying, 
if you don't mind yourself, I will kick you out of this house. And they, they start again. They've gone to service and come back. They hid under the canopy of choir. They hid under the canopy of deaconess. They hid under the canopy of taking offerings. They hid under the canopy of intercessor. While the message was going on, they went to the prayer room to pray. They never had the message. And now they are going back home. And the situation is still back there. And the husband and wife, they start their quarrel again. Many husbands and many wives in many churches beat each other in the bedroom. But when they come out, oh, the situation of this place is pleasant. But the water is not. And the ground barren. The School for Prophecy announced resumption of basic prophetic training. Duration, 5 Saturdays, 1 to 4 p.m. Resumption date, January 12, 2019. Venue, Conference Center for the Nations. 4. Parliament Highway by Federal INEC Office, opposite Oyo State House of Assembly, Secretariat Ibadan. Expected participants, born-again Christians. Come and learn how God speaks and grow in the prophetic. For inquiries, contact 080-2821-9829 or 080-233-9638 or 080-33-97-7822. The Lord bless you as you come. Amen. You have been listening to Peace for a Broken World. For prayer, counseling, and prophetic word, call 0803-234-8373, 0803 0803- 233 or 0818-635-2104 0818-635-2104 or 0818-635-2104 email you can also write Full Stature Mission International P.O. Box 29929 Secretariat Ibadan Till we we'll meet next week, stay blessed. To all your doubts and fears, tell me.